Drunk Botany, Episode 17. Hoist a glass and prepare to enter a world of gardens, brews, botany, and booze. Here's your host, Bill Creation. Before we get started, this episode was actually supposed to mark the kickoff point to this most recent season, if you will, of Drunk Botany, but we had some concerns with the legal department from David Pollock's company, Organogold. So I think it's important to note that this episode is not intended to represent the coffee company in a negative light in any way. And I would like to stress that they do not condone mixing their products with alcohol. Since this is a drinking show, all alcohol-related suggestions are actually my own and are not recommended by this company in any way. Hello, everybody. This is your host, Phil Creation. I'd like to welcome you back after a long hiatus. Those of you who do not know, I have recently had a new child, and sleep, in addition to recording time, are relatively hard to come by in the Creation household these days. Joining me today is David Pollack from Organo Gold, and we are going to talk Irish coffee and Mexican coffee, respectively, uh, using a couple of different things. So we're going to not only drink a lot of whiskey today, we're also going to drink a lot of coffee. Uh, So if we start talking pretty quickly, that's probably why. We are here at Fire and Ice on Toby Creek in Trucksville, Pennsylvania, and I have set out in front of me a whole bunch of different coffees. I have here steeping a pot of French press coffee that comes to us from the Electric City Brewing Company out of Scranton. They locally roast their coffee beans, and then they grind them special to fit in our French presses, which we use here at the restaurant when we serve coffee and coffee cordials. Uh, One such coffee cordial that you could get that everybody knows is the Irish coffee. But Dave has brought coffee as well. So I, my wife and I, we are independent distributors with Organo Gold. It's a multi-level marketing company that is based around coffee um, and a healthier version of coffee at that. All of our coffee contains Ganoderma lucidum. What's Ganoderma lucidum? Ganoderma is otherwise known as reishi mushroom. In the Chinese culture, it has over 2,000 years of history and research, for th- and it's being used for more research and more research nowadays. Looking things up online, there is studies on cancer and Ganoderma, um, skin cancers, and other things, as well as immunosupport, and you know, the list goes on. Ganoderma is known as a wellness herb, and it's also a king of herbs in Chinese culture. Does it mix well with Jameson Irish Whiskey? We can try it. I haven't tried that one yet. Well, you've got a couple of coffee cups in front of me, Mm -hmm. so I'm going to put some whiskey in your coffee, and I'm going to put some whiskey in our coffee. And just while I finish steeping this, I had a couple of points that I wanted to point out about Irish coffee. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Irish coffee is often served in the wrong glass to begin with. Um, the one that you find at every restaurant is a glass like the one we have here, but the actual Irish coffee cup is squatter. It's got like a flare outward the way that a martini glass does. And the Irish coffee was invented by a guy named Joe Sheridan, and he was the head chef at Foynes Air Base in County Limerick. This was back in the 40s, 1942 or something like that, 43. There were a bunch of people who had come in, and they were supposed to be heading out to uh, the mainland. And the weather was bad, and I don't know if it was raining or snowing or whatever, but they couldn't get their craft out. So they came back into the airport, and this guy's like, we got to get some warmth back into your bones. So she, he makes up this cocktail that we're going to have right now, and... Um, and they were like, oh, it's this, it's this Mexican coffee that you're making. And he said, no, this is Irish coffee, because he had used, like, a traditional Irish whiskey. Yep. Um, but one of the things that's interesting in it is that the presentation on an Irish coffee as it's originally done is also not how you find it in restaurants. Most times you wind up with, like, somebody puts Baileys in there, and they fill it up with a bunch of coffee... And they, maybe they put some whipped cream on it, and they send it out, and it's ready to go. But a traditional Irish coffee, uh, it, the, the sugar component is is, is present. Yep. Um, and they use not a white sugar. They use brown sugar. Uh, what I did today was I put together a simple syrup with sugar in the raw because it didn't have brown sugar on hand. Uh, but that turbinado-type sugar is very similar. And it's going to bring out the depth of flavor in the whiskey that I'm really hoping to find. I probably should do an episode in the future on simple syrups and different ways of doing that. But the sweetness component is very important in an Irish coffee. And then the other thing that's different is it doesn't have whipped cream. It has like a lightly whipped heavy cream component. And you don't mix it into the... Uh, oh, you have a special tool. What's that? So this is essentially a um, cream aerator. It, you essentially dip it into uh, cream that you're going to foam, and it will actually help to incorporate the air right into it. Is that battery-powered? Yep. Can you... Show me how it works. Like that? You just stick it in here just like stick this? stick it in and turn it on. That's neat. Uh, I have another manual big galoot thing because this is um, this is very much a mixology show. Uh, so I'm I'm assuming that most of my readership, if they don't want to go out and purchase that awesome thing, probably has a bartending kit at home. I will link to one in the show notes page. If you don't, if you take yourself one of these Hawthorne strainers that I hate so much. It's that thing that kind of looks like a ping-pong paddle is trying to have sex with a slinky. If you take the slinky piece off, like it's got this little piece of metal that you yep. can kind of bend, helps it, it when off. it's cleaning. But 90% of the reason why I hate these things is because they're such a pain to clean. So if you put like, I don't know, two ounces of cream into your shaker tin and you drop that spring in there... Uh, this is going to do a lot of the work for us. Um, alternatively speaking, if you're one of those bodybuilder types, if you're into health products and stuff like that, they have those little mixing balls that are like wire. Yeah. That, that, that would drop right in and shake that up. That, works that thing is probably better than this thing, but I'm not going to go buy one of those things because I 
despite years and years of track and field and cross country, now only run when chased. <laughs> so you take it, you cap it with your mixing glass, you shake this bad boy up. What we've added so far into our coffees is whiskey, sugar, and coffee. Alright? That is your traditional Irish coffee. And then you go ahead and look at that. There you go. What is that, 30 seconds? We've already got, like, some cream. I think we could stand, actually, to have a bit more than that. That worked way better than I ever thought it was. I learned that trick in a Facebook group, actually, from people who were discussing homemade sour mix, which we did an episode on, and I was doing my dry shade in a mason jar, and it just took so much longer. Somebody was like, if you just take this part of the Hawthorne strainer, it breaks up the proteins so much easier. You know, I'm just starting to ferment my own bitters at home also. Oh, yeah? I have an episode on that. You should listen to it. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I learned a lot of cool things. Uh, so now I'm just going to take my handy-dandy bar spoon, and I'm going to spoon this out on each of our coffee cups here. Um, one of the things that's also noted about a traditional Irish coffee is that you don't mix this cream into the coffee mug. You know, it's going to look like black coffee when you get it. The drink is meant to be drank through the cream. You look like you're going to say something. Well, we're talking about fermented. We're talking about fermented liquors and coffees. You know, coffee on its own is actually goes through a fermentation process. Yeah? Yeah, actually. When they pick pick the cherries off the tree, they either do a dry processing on it or they do a wet processing on it. You know, the wet processing, they soak it in water until it just bulges and most of the pulp just falls off. And then they let it sit for 24 to 36 hours in the sun. Or if it's if the climate is just too moist, they actually will take the coffee beans and they'll actually do an artificial dryer. That's instead. interesting. Yep. Tea is also, it goes through a fermentation process. Mm-hmm. That's a, how you wind up with the differences between... Black teas, black teas and oolong teas and green teas. And white teas, I think, are green teas that are just not fully matured yet. I'm not really sure. i got to talk to a tea expert. <laughs> I actually have a couple friends that may be interested in talking with you about that. Um, I know that we have at home, we have Puar Bricks, which is a type of... Oh, I know Puar Teas. Mm-hmm. How do you say it? Puar. Puar? Yeah. Yeah, no, I'll never get that. I, anyway, so now we've got some coffee. And before I go off on another tangent, I'd like to taste it. Now, I know what my coffee tastes like already. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to start by tasting yours. And I'll start by tasting yours because okay. I have not had yours. This is your black blend. Yeah, that's just our black. It's just black coffee and Ganoderma. Oh, that's pretty awesome. You know, for an instant, you would never realize yeah. it was an instant. For, for an instant coffee, this is fantastic. You know, it's uh, it's not a thing that comes up very often, but... Instant coffee is something that's hard to find in a high quality. Yeah. I mean, I don't normally use instant, but there are a couple of recipes that I use that require an instant coffee, and I always wind up with, like, the little ShopRite canister of, you know, and and, and the instructions are always like, get good instant coffee, and you're like, what is that? Maxwell House? (laughs) Like, so... So, all of our coffee is Malaysian. Malaysian. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, It actually says on every box, our coffee comes from Malaysia. Malaysia, I'm not sure about the exact sourcing, what farm, any of that. That off-flavor, that's the mushroom. 
it's the combination thereof. It's an instant to get the attributes of the mushroom into the coffee. Because a traditional brewing method would what? Break that down? Will bring out the bitters of the mushroom. If I may, if I actually made you a cup of the mushroom tea, the Rishi mushroom tea, you wouldn't drink it. It's you think? Dope. I don't know. I drink. Can, we, can I put whiskey in it? <laughs> you can try. I, I wouldn't recommend it. All right. So an interesting thing about Irish coffee, because I'm going to taste the one that we have here at Fire Nice. Hmm. I love this coffee, I'll be honest with you. Um, I probably don't even start a shift unless I've had, like, two cups of it to start off with. It's like... It's nice and smooth, and it's, it's light. It's smooth, it's light. You can, since it's French pressed, you can ad adjust the strength. Uh, if you let it just kind of float freely for, I don't know, an hour or so, and then, like, heat it yeah. back up a little bit, you get, like, an even bolder coffee. Like, I just, I've fallen in love with French pressed coffee, and it's because of this job. So, speaking of falling in love with the coffee, this guy, Joe, who comes up with the Irish coffee recipe, in order to remember how it was done, he wrote a little poem. And this is like a thing that I wanted to share with everybody so that you know what actually goes into the Irish coffee. Because, again, there's all that, like, confusion about what actually goes into it. So... He says, uh, it, it's, it's an ingredients list, a recipe, if you will. And he says, cream, rich as an Irish brogue, coffee, strong as a friendly hand, sugar, sweet as the tongue of a rogue, and Irish whiskey, smooth as the wit of the land. And that's all that goes in it. Shortly after all of this, um, there was a travel writer for the San Francisco Chronicle named Stanton Delaplane, and he tried this coffee at the Shannon Airport, because this, I guess, started out as, like, an airport cocktail. Mm -hmm. You know, because I don't know about you, but I imagine there's a good percentage of the population that can't get into a flying metal tube that without goes around the stratosphere without, like, tanking up on some drinks first. So Stanton is drinking this coffee at the Shannon Airport, and he steals it uh, for the Buena Vista Cafe in San Francisco. They stayed up all night drinking too much whiskey, trying to duplicate this cream thing that we just did here. And, tried, like, they talked to guys that had dairies, and, like, somebody just drank it to the point where they passed out. And thus, the American uh, cultural appropriation of this drink was born. And uh, I'm really excited about all of that. And I apologize for being all over the place with all this stuff, but it's really exciting. And uh, I just, I'm passionate about uh, coffee to begin with, whiskey. I don't know about you. Anytime I've ever made whipped cream before, I had to have one of those stainless steel metal things. You get that little nitrous oxide container, and you kind of crank that in. I, it's really nice that this is much easier to clean. So, so, <laughs> so I'm a professional chef. I've been cooking for 20-some-odd years, and for me, making whipped cream used to be a bowl and a whisk and, and cream, and here you go. Fifteen minutes later, as you're sitting there whisking it all together. This took 30 seconds. Yeah. Made a lot easier. This one is your coffee. Okay, yes. Let's try that again. Mm. Yeah, so so many people um, will put creme de menthe on there for that little bit of yeah. green. And that's not a traditional thing to add to Irish coffee. It's not traditional. Well, it's not a traditional thing to add to coffee to begin with. Yeah. But what does work, if you did want to garnish this properly at home, would be a sprig of fresh mint. Because... Uh, 
that gets your green in there without totally ruining the drink. Yeah. But you had an idea for another coffee, right? Yeah, so what I decided to do was, I mean, now, because all of our coffee is instant, we actually have our own mocha, our own latte. If you guys are interested in our coffees, you can check us out at sherrysworldcafe.myorganogold.com. That's S-C-H-E-R-R-I-E-S, worldcafe.myorganogold.com. If you're driving somewhere and you don't want to write that down, don't worry. I'm going to go ahead and post that in the show notes page. So, you know, if it doesn't stick fresh in your mind, I've got you covered. Everybody's heard of the Mexican hot chocolate that has cinnamon and chilies in it. I wanted to do something similar except for using our mocha, which is coffee and chocolate. So what I did was I made a simple syrup of chilies de arbol, which is basically a Mexican small chili. It doesn't have a whole lot of heat to it. It's not over the top. It's not like I'm using a habanero or, you know, a jalapeno. It's, you know, a little bit more mild than those. It's a dried chili. So I rehydrated it in a simple syrup that I used a Mexican sugar, poracana which is a basically a block of sugarcane syrup, RA solidified. Where, where do you get that? You can find that at um, some Mexican stores. You can find that, de- well, definitely at Mexican shops. You should be able to find them in some grocery stores. Is this like an Amazon your... pantry purchase? Possibly, but it's not necessary. All right, I'm going to take a look at these things. Mm-hmm. So what I so what I'm doing is I have my Mexican my uh, mocha already in the cups and like I said it is an instant and I'm putting a little bit of the you know chilies de arbol a little bit of hot water. All right, I see it. I'm excited for hot chocolate that also tastes like coffee, but is hot not necessarily because of the temperature, right? But because of the chili. chili. Like that sounds really exciting to me. Yeah. So so what so and there's a little cinnamon in this too. And because the mocha already has cream in it, you don't really have to add any meat personally. I like adding oh, just a little splash, you know, just to give it a little extra richness. Okay. We're going to finish this off with a. To give it the spike, we're going to actually finish this off with a shot of spiced rum. All right. I did while, a... while you put that together, I had a couple of questions for you about coffee. Like, uh, as somebody who's professionally involved with coffee, do you know much about its growth habits? Yeah, so I'm an amateur botanist when it comes to coffee. I have a coffee tree at home that I am growing. They, If you're not careful, they can grow up to 30 feet tall. Uh, so you have to make sure you keep them trim, otherwise you're going to end up with a huge tree in the middle of your house. Oh, so the notion of keeping it small is just to make it easier for you to tend. It's not yeah. that you're trying to coax more out of uh, production by no. keeping it small? I mean, by keeping it small, you do end up with more growth, with thicker growth. Um, as far as more production of the uh, cherries, which is where the pods come from, I am not exactly sure if that will create more, but I am excited to find out. That is a healthy dollop of rum. Well, there's no such thing as too much. Well, there is definitely such a thing as too much. So if you're out there and you're driving and drinking all of this stuff, there's absolutely a thing as too much. Uh, I'd even put in a word from our affiliate. Alcohol is a poison, and if you don't partake responsibly, it will kill you. If you've been picking your poison today, don't get behind the wheel. 
If you absolutely need to get somewhere, why not utilize the services of the Lyft app? If you're new to the program, have your first ride on me. Just use my referral code, DBOTANY, and arrive alive. Give this a shot here. So yeah, thanks for putting this together. And I just wanted to ask, uh, now that we're back, if you could tell me more about the climate that coffee needs to live. So coffee originally, and I'm actually topping this with a little bit of crystallized uh, rose. Crystallized rose. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that is. It's basically rose petals that were dehydrated and then um, tossed in simple syrup, dehydrated again. So it's a nice, light, sweet flavor. Oh, that's exciting. Uh, did you make these yourself? Or? No, actually, I got them through, a, uh, through, another, through a third party, which I can't remember their name off the top of my head. Okay. Um, I'll definitely send that to you, though. Uh, if, if you get it to me in time, I'll definitely put it in the show notes page. But otherwise, this might be a thing to look into figuring out how to make myself. Mm-hmm. But yeah, talk to me about... Um, Growth habits? Yeah, talk to me about what kind of climate does coffee prefer to grow in? Are there places in the world that it doesn't grow? Would you be surprised at places where it could grow and maybe it isn't? So coffee um, start had its starts, let's just say where it began. It actually began in North Africa, Ethiopia uh, region of uh, the world, moved its way through the Middle East, then uh, west to Europe, east to China and Japan, and then eventually made its way over here to the New World. It needs a tropical climate, a very warm climate to grow, and it takes about five years before the cherries even start to form. And even those you really don't want to use for the first couple brews because of how young the tree is. You're not going to get as rich of development of flavor. It'll be more acidic. It won't be quite as nice. So if it requires a tropical climate, how are you able to grow it as a home gardener? So as a home garden, what I'm doing living in Philadelphia area is I actually have it indoors through the fall and winter. I bring it outside in late spring through the summer so that way it gets the heat it needs and you need to make sure that it's well watered, you know, so that soil stays nice and moist. Some of the issues I've run into uh, because I do have it indoors through the fall and winter is you do run into a little bit of a um, powdery mildew. Mm. Yeah, and that's that's a constant battle that I have with it. The other issue that I've had is a little bit of leaf browning, a little bit of fungus, you know, and that's just from there being more moisture in the air than actually in the ground itself. Uh, this is awesome. And this was mocha? This was our mocha mix. Captain Morgan? Yeah. Sugar? The um, That's infused with... Uh, the sh- with with uh, the chilies, chili. and this is cinnamon. your simple syrup, and then it's topped with the rose. Yep, the uh, crystal- crystallized rose sugar, and those are the ingredients. That's it. Okay, uh, this is a ridiculously complex drink. Hey, I forgot you were from Philadelphia. I met you in the episode with the Philadelphia rhinos where mm-hmm. we made the mead. Yep. Yeah, I forgot all about that. Well, I'm glad to have you on the show. I hope glad you're having a good time. Absolutely. Mm. So, talk to me a little bit more about Organo Gold. How'd you find out about it? So, we were actually presented with the, with Organo three separate times. The third time, my wife actually got involved with the company because she wanted to lose weight and not be paying $150 a week 
for the shakes she was using through um, a different program through a hospital. So I'm not going to mention names, but yeah. it was costing us a pretty penny for her to lose the weight that she wanted to lose. Just you couldn't find anything yeah. else that was working for you, and something else just kind of fell into your lap, and yeah. that was the thing that worked for you. Yeah, so she got presented with Organo, and the third time she finally decided to get involved as actually a retailer, selling it ourselves, you know, not really doing it on the distributor level, but just doing it in a way that we can make a little extra cash while she was able to get the products that she wanted to uh, help her drop the weight. You know, because we do our own shakes, we do our own, we do have shakes, we do have coffee, we have teas, you know, soaps. We also now have detox and an energy drink. Mm. And they're all phenomenal. I'll leave you with samples of each for you to try. That'll be cool. Excuse me, I'll also try to make sure that I have some kind of contact for you personally. Absolutely. Uh, your preferred method is email? Yes. But okay. I will list your email. Okay. In case people are interested in the product that you are mm -hmm. putting out there, again, I am a big fan of this mocha thing over here, but that's a lot of extra steps. If your main focus is looking for uh, a higher quality alternative to instant coffee, that is definitely something you should use. Of course... I'm not one of those weight loss guys. No. This is not a thing that I would normally have associated no. with weight loss. However, my wife came off of insulin three weeks after she started using the products. Oh. Is that like a... Is that... It's an, it's an effect from the... We think it's an effect from the Ganoderma. We're he, it's a health, Are you allowed to say that? <laughs> we're a health and wellness company. We're not medical. I am not making a medical claim. I'm not sitting here saying it will do this for everybody. I'm just saying that for my wife, she was able to... She actually came off of insulin three weeks after she started using the products. You know, we had a distributor, we, one of our distributors, she actually... I would hate to recommend the use of mushrooms to just about anybody, but in our instance, it works. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, like I said, we're health and wellness. We are, I am not making any medical claims. This is exactly, this is what it's done for my wife and people who are with us in the business. I'm not going to sit here and say it'll do the same thing for you. Absolutely. So talk to me a little bit about this mushroom. So Ganoderma lucidum is a mushroom derived from China. You can find it here in the U.S. grown wildly. Um, really? Yeah. Actually, I found that out when my mother came home with some that a friend of hers foraged. Oh, cool. Yep. Um, and it has over 2,000 years of history, over 2,000 years of research, especially in China. Um, it's known as the king of herbs. It's number one on their pharmacopoeia list of wellness products to use on a regular basis. And I can tell you that to smell it and taste it on its own is terrible. You're not going to realize that's in any of our products. When you say terrible, the flavor, it's very, very bitter. It's and bitter. It's very, very, very strong smelling. Would you consider it as an ingredient? in a plethora of ingredients for a house-made bitter? I never thought of that. And you know, because you could sometimes take something that ha is a bug and turn it into a feature. feature. So that would be an interesting thing to try. You know, especially if it has these properties that you're talking about. Do you think that they could be extracted properly through alcohol, or do you think that you'd be better off with, like, a glycerin extraction? You know, I actually don't know. Am I planting seeds right now? 
No, never. I would never sit here and try to work that out. Yes. <laughs> well, you should absolutely then go listen to the episode on bitters with Brian Hayosh, mm -hmm. and we talked a whole lot about that kind of stuff, so you might learn some really cool things. I'm sure you've already picked some stuff up already yep. on your own, but, you know, again, uh, there are other things than gentian root out there that produce bitterness. So, yeah, so Ganoderma, it's, like I said, it has over 2,000 years of research. I know I'm kind of repeating myself on that. That's okay. If you were to go look it up on WebMD, PubMed, you know, uh, personally, I like looking at Google Scholar. There are studies with Ganoderma and cancer, Ganoderma and uh, diabetes. They do look, they are looking at some of the thing, some of those things. There's a link there, and it's the link that you pointed out, and people are studying it, is what you're saying. Yep. Okay, see, I had never heard of Google Scholar before, so this is new to me also. So, that's something I'll have to look into myself. Google Scholar will actually give you the studies that have been done. If you wanted to do research on literally any topic, Google Scholar is your friend. Yes, instead of just using straight Google. That's interesting. And that's, what, university studies specifically? Uh, university studies as well as pharmacological studies. Well, I just lost all of my free time. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes, I have lost a lot of my free time to Google Scholar. Well, uh, I feel like we're winding down a little bit here. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else that you wanted to make sure that you said about uh, your company? No. Like I said, we're multi-level marketing. If you're looking to earn an extra... $500 to $1,000 a month. I could definitely show you how to do that. It is a company that's made a, made a lot of people a lot of money. There's no pressure. It's not a huge push because, well, you either drink coffee or you don't. Yes. Uh, if you were interested in jumping on the MLM bandwagon on this, uh, would you be the person to contact? Would your wife be the person to contact? Either one of us. Um, it, it, it is both of our business. I'm her partner. She is the mainstay on the business. So you would just contact either one of us, and we would get you set up. We would, you know, throw help you throw your first couple of parties, you know, and just help you introduce a product that has benefits. When people want to order your product, uh, do they do it through a website, or do they do it through meeting you personally? They could do it either way. So we always have products with us in our car, or you know, we have products displayed at our house at all times. Would you be interested in putting up a coupon code for listeners of the show? Um, yeah, I need to figure out how to do that, but yeah. Okay, so like that. if somebody were to somehow let you know that I... I found out about your product by listening to Drunk Botany with Phil Creation. You'd be able to give them like a discount or something like that. Yeah, because I mean, once we buy it, once we buy it, we set our own price. You set your own price, so that that would be a thing that you would be interested to do. You know, like at least as a one-time thing, or if you had it set up on a web page and you could be like coupon code Drunk Botany, yep, kind of thing. Okay, well, that's something that I'll definitely put in the show notes page. So if you found out about this through DrunkBotany.com then this is definitely the thing to use. Yep. Okay. I'm going to pause to let Executive Chef Gary Edwards talk to everybody in the audience about some things that are going on here at the restaurant. Hi, this is Gary Edwards, Executive Chef of Fire and Ice on Toby Creek, just off Memorial Highway in Chucksville, Pennsylvania. If you're looking for the best dining experience in the back mountain, be sure to try our award-winning cuisine. Whether you're looking for lunch, dinner, or catering, 
We have carefully crafted new menus showcasing nutritious and skillfully prepared entrees. Our commitment to local and sustainable food sources allow us to showcase an ever-changing array of featured entrees. We have salad bar items and our brand new post-it lunch menu. Come check us out today. And now that we've got that all wrapped up, I guess that's it. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Drunk Botany. Visit us at drunkbotany.com to subscribe to the show for free, and we'll join you next week.